You ready? Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> I think. Tyrese Gibson, musical icon, Hollywood actor starring in some of the biggest blockbusters of our time. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyrese. <laughs> How are you, man? Man, um, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm getting better every day. And some people, like Joe Budden, have said this. Very special guest. Some people say he's a little nuts. Tyrese is in the building. And to be honest, I wasn't so sure myself. He's been in the media recently for two main reasons. One, his unapologetic and bold profession of his faith in Jesus. You're not going to make me feel bad about Jesus. We're not doing that, Joe. And two, some other controversies that he's going to open up about on this interview. So listen, I came into this conversation with an open heart, but I still wasn't sure if he was a little crazy just misunderstood and i knew at a young age i had to like try and process that he's never coming home again and that was my first introduction to death i've never said this publicly because it all just hit me right now <sighs> with completely killing my name and my reputation i've never seen such an orchestrated attack. This is Tyrese, unlike you've ever heard him before, opening up about things he's never talked about on any podcast or even in his own book before. But before we get into this conversation, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ruslan, and this channel exists to encourage, empower, and inspire you to live a life that blesses God. So if you're not new here, or even if you are new here, hit that subscribe button, make sure the bell notification's on. We're on the road to 500,000 subscribers, and I can't wait to celebrate that with you. Now, let's jump into the interview. You ready? Yes, sir. All right, man. <laughs> I think. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, thank you for doing this, bro. Man, my, my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me, sir. It's, it's your platform. It's been a, uh, a very awesome day wow. hanging out with you, uh, getting to know some of your day ones, people mm -hmm. been with you for years, mm -hmm. the loyalty you have to your people, the loyalty they have to you. Yes, sir. Uh, down to earth, you know? Mm. I know you hear that a lot. Uh, I never heard it from you. So, okay. you well, know, uh, every day we have an opportunity to make a good or a bad impression. So yeah. it's good to know that you feel that way about me. Because we just met. You didn't have to feel that way. Yeah. So thank you. Can you kind of tell me a bit where your path started with Jesus? I know <laughs> folks have, I mean, we watched you grow up, right? You mm. was a teen when you got the Coca-Cola thing and the music took off. And so... I, I, were you kind of growing up in church and in the choir? Yeah, my, Just tell my, me a little bit about that. My mom, like most moms, exhausted us with going to church eight days a week when there's only <laughs> seven days a week. Uh, and, and so that was my introduction. Um, um, it was also my introduction into feeling really uncomfortable about the idea that my mama used to give the pastor permission to spank us when we were having behavioral problems in school. Mm. So the same man that's preaching is now literally spanking us with a belt mm. uh, because we didn't have a father at home. So my mom used to go to church and, she, you know, I guess, you know, she had a great relationship with the pastor like a lot of people hope to have. And she some way, somehow, I don't know what the discussion was, but it's like, look, if they ever get out of control, if they ever you know, not listening or having behavior problems, this and that, mm -hmm. just come up here and tell me. Mm -hmm. So he took, he took the word of God and the discipline that he was trying to instill in us all, and it became not just discipline from, from preaching the gospel, but it became him pulling his belt out. We never got abused, but the pastor used to spank us. Wow. And 
you know, that was kind of like my introduction to a consistent fatherly figure hmm. who would say, I love you enough to spank you so that, um, you know, you can think about this spanking and do better. Hmm. And, and your mama's going to tell on you. Hmm. You remember how uh, old you were when this was happening? I'm, man, I'm talking about like five, six, seven, you know, very... Very young. Some of your um, earliest memories. Yeah. So that's how I got introduced to the church. So church wasn't necessarily a good experience for me. Mm. Uh, I used to talk too much, just a kid, hyper talkative. But my mom was in there. And then um, I'll never forget, you know, my mother, rest in peace, who died two years ago. Um, I'll never forget when... I used to just see my mother's beautiful face, her smile. I remember how my mom prided herself on always getting her hair done and being presentable. And then I remember specifically and vividly around the time that my mother started drinking. Mm. So divorce my dad. My father name is Tyrone Gibson. My brother name is Tyrone Gibson Jr. And I'm Tyrese Gibson. And it's four of us, two girls, two boys. I'm the last child. My mother got her tubes tied after she gave birth to me. Father is gone, don't know why. Mother's dating a man named Charlie, a much older man. Charlie Murray. Married my mom. She became Priscilla Murray after being Priscilla Gibson. Charlie Murray dies after he was my stepfather for what felt like seven, eight years. It was my first funeral. It was traumatizing that this man who walked around in our house, who basically raised us and was the only father figure in my life, in my world, is now laying in a casket. And I remember walking up to the casket when I was like seven, eight years old, and I remember touching Charlie's hand in the casket because his hands was crossed, and I remember his hands were cold. And I couldn't understand, well, if he's dead, why is he cold? Hmm. I just didn't understand death. I could not process death. But I knew I was sad, and I knew at a young age I had to like try and process that he's never coming home again. And that was my first introduction to death. I think my, my, my path to Jesus was a fragmented path. Mm. It wasn't, you're going this way. This is what you believe. Yeah. This is why you believe it. You were raised to believe it. You're surrounded by believers. Mine was like fragmented. It was bits and pieces of Jesus. And I ended up just kind of grabbing these things and kind of, you know, nesting. Mm -hmm. And then when I arrived at my own foundation for my own reasons to believe, because mm -hmm. most people believe because other people believe. Mm -hmm. Most people believe because they were raised in a household right. of that belief system. Right. You're it's Muslim cultural. because yeah. you were raised by Muslims. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, you are Christian because you were raised, you were Buddhist because you were raised in Buddhism. You know, I had to arrive at my own fragmented journey into Jesus. 
And my belief system was not strong enough for me to feel like I can stand firmly on what I believe because I didn't have enough twigs hmm. in my nest hmm. of Jesus to hold me up. You could just walk up to me and do like this and I'll fall right out or fall through the floor. Hmm. It's no foundation under your faith and your beliefs. How did you get here? Why are you here? Hmm. Like I would ask you, why, why are you here? Hmm. Why, who are you? Why do you have this podcast? Why are you so determined with your Jesus promo? And I'm asking you, this yeah. is your show, but I don't really, I, I, I want to assume that there, there might be a bunch of people that don't know why you're so committed. So can you tell me? Yeah. I know you always ask the question, this is your yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I got a bunch of fans right now who are going to be watching this interview because I'm promoting it and sending them over here. Right. But I don't want them to think of you as just a regular guy who's sitting there with a, what, with a Bible here. Yeah. How did you get, why are you here? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, so. You know, it's funny you say people are brought up yeah. to believe whatever they believe. Yeah. I was born in Azerbaijan, which is right off the Caspian Sea. Used to be a part of the former Soviet Union. So we're talking secular communism. Mm. We didn't go to church. There was no church. Nothing. Mm. And then the pogroms of Baku happened, which is the the, the ethnic cleansing of Armenians from Azerbaijan. Mm. And so hundreds of thousands of Armenians were forced out. We, so we come to America, this is 91, Southeast San Diego, very different San Diego than people know now. Mm. And I, I get exposed to hip hop, I get exposed to music. I'm, I'm enamored with hip hop, predominantly black and Hispanic neighborhood. And then the Armenian church was like the, so, the social hub for the refugees. Mm -hmm. And so we would go to church and I got into uh, being an altar boy and I got christened. And then my mother and father split so my mom became an alcoholic. Uh, my dad remarried. I ended up getting sexually assaulted by some other older altar boys. So I'm like eight or nine. These kids are like 12, 13. And my life just completely unravels, man. I get, I get arrested at age 11. Uh, I, get, I get sucked into porn. I, get, I, get, I lose my virginity, uh, smoking weed. Uh, every, every, you name it, drinking alcohol. All of it by the age of 13. I'm, I'm out of control. And you, you also... You told me that you went to jail or something, right? Yeah, when I got it, we were, we, were, we were the kids that were the stick-up kids in the neighborhood. So we was breaking into houses, and, gotcha. and, and that was the reputation we built. And we got caught because the lookout guy wasn't being a great lookout. <laughs> so I'm in this, I'm in this bathroom, because I'm the smallest one, mm -hmm. waist deep, in the bathroom. And he is screaming. And I get down and an ex-police officer happened to live in the condo we were breaking into, oh, wow. put him in an arm bar and then told us to get, to get down on the ground. And we weren't, you know, we were kids. We yeah, weren't going to yeah, fight this dude. Yeah, yeah. And so the cops came and arrested us. And that was a big shocker to my mom. She wow. had just started working. We was on welfare for five years. She just got a job. Mm. And so it just, it was like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Mm. And then in the eighth grade, I remember because Jordan was, uh, the end of my seventh grade year was when Jordan was with the Bulls the last year they were, they were in, the, in the championship. And that same week, we moved to North County. We moved to Vista Oceanside. Mm -hmm. And every, every, it was like a fresh start. My mm -hmm. GPA went from being a 1.3 to being uh, 3.8. Mm -hmm. I, got, I got exposed to church. I got exposed to the gospel. And so a year after that, I met a girl. It's always a girl for a lot of guys, mm -hmm. right? It, in order to hang out with her on Sundays, I'd have to go to church, went to church. And I wrestled because at this point I was an atheist. I was like, God don't exist. Mm -hmm. And if he does, he don't love me for allowing all this wow. to happen to me. Yeah. 
the atheist with a podcast. Yeah. A this is this is as a seventh grader. I'm saying this. Such an extreme. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not. Anyone, I'm, anyone who's been an atheist doesn't necessarily do a podcast. Yeah. Well. Well. Go as far as you're going to promote the kingdom. Well, because I, ha I ended up having a radical encounter with Jesus, and right. and and God just kind of, I. I got it. I almost like I got it all out of my system and all the trauma happened. And then from 17, I still had to deal with the remnants of that. I still yep. had to deal with the remnants of sexual assault. I still had to deal with the remnants of all the, the, the being displaced and yep. being a refugee and the, the porn addiction, but going through therapy, all that kind of stuff. But God preserved, like I didn't, yep. I didn't go all, I didn't have yep. a clubbing phase. I didn't wild out. Yep. It was like, you know, and so I, I gave my life to Jesus, started a ministry, open mic ministry that took off. So I was the kid that was now inviting all the all the kids to, 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 from school to church. And that's where I met my wife. And a couple of years later, we started dating. Four years after that, we got married. And I initially was doing Christian hip hop music. That's how I know Bizzle. Oh, wow. And so that was up 2015. I quit my job. I did that full time for five years. But I was dabbling in Hold, YouTube. Holding on to the holding on to the hip hop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Putting the little Jesus on it. Oh, all the, all the, <laughs> and it was it was good, but it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. But and I was dabbling in yeah, YouTube. Absolutely. And then pandemic happened. Mm. YouTube popped off, mm. and and that was that that, that As happened. In COVID. Back. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was home, and so behavior started changing, and people started looking for stuff. And I guess for whatever reason, maybe the way I talked about it, the topics I was willing to cover, you know, because I. I I've changed my strategy a lot, man, where like, I don't, I don't want to make content that just like pokes out the bad, right? Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. find something that's, that's, yo, look at what this person said about yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Like, I may not agree these other areas, yeah. but this is really good. Yeah. Like, no, this is I, really good, listen, you know? I, I, um, I'm very grateful that you have decided to share a slice of your walk with me and, um, one of the things that people need to know, and thank you for sharing all of that, by the way, um, because I'm going to tell you, people, um, people don't care. Mm. People, there's a lot of people that literally just don't care. Um, and I just believe and that level of transparency so that someone can make a choice. Mm -hmm. To say, hey man, you know, thank you for going into all of those details. I, I know you got the Bible in your lap and you, Jesus, 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 scripture, scripture. But you know, it's good to know that you were once like me. Yeah. Before you cleaned it I, up. I mean, I'm I'm still broken. I'm still dealing with 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 the issues from but my past. But the level that you were consistently, yeah, you know, swimming in in that, you know that level of, of, of stuff that you were either around, exposed to, yeah. on the receiving end of, as well as the things that you created as far as issues and problems for yourself. Because so many people play victim mm -hmm. when they're the victimizers, mm -hmm. right? What were you on the receiving end of versus problems-wise versus the problems that you created for yourself? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and how much... Are you going to shed light on the problems that you created for yourself versus the the problems that you were on the receiving end of? Right. Because I was in the hood. It's Crips, it's Bloods, it's gangsters, dope dealers. The homie got shot and mm -hmm. killed. The friend got raped, attacked, thrown in jail, blah, blah, blah. You know, 
we was in a car. The homie didn't tell me he had cocaine in the trunk, and we all end up going to jail for eight years, and I'm innocent, and I was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. We've heard those type of stories, yeah. but how many people are willing to own, this is what I said, this is what I did, yeah. and these are the circumstances of my choices, and that's how I got to God. Mm. Yeah. And here's my truth. I happen to be a man that was also sexually assaulted. Mm. I've never said that publicly. I even wrote a book, which is a bio, and never even mentioned that in there. Because wow. I just didn't have the audacity to do it. And I'm also a man who has seen and, and been exposed to and experienced every level of trauma that most people couldn't endure. Mental, emotional, psychological, physical abuse of all sorts. Alcoholism, crack, weed, heroin, sherm, which they call wet in the hood, uh, and police brutality, excessive force, murder, Crips, bloods, um, drive-by shootings, playing basketball with the homie on the Wednesday. He get killed on the Thursday. We trying to do fundraisers because he ain't had no insurance because nobody plans to die that early. Um, and just trying to process, why am I here? Why am I seeing... And, and why am I being exposed to so much so soon? And whew, I've never said this publicly because it all just hit me right now. Whew. When you get exposed to that level of consistent dysfunction that's so dark at an early age, I was preparing to die. Mm. Because you can't say you're a good person and you live in the hood and good people don't die in the hood. Because what happened to the homie who wasn't a crip or a blood, never sold dope, mm. never crossed anybody, never did anything wrong? Mm. You can't say that the bloods and the crips are the only ones getting killed. Yeah because they're involved in gang activities. Right. The Bloods and the Crips are the ones who know how to dodge the bullets when the bullets is happening, when the drive-by is happening, because they're actually out there every single day. It's like being in the military. Right. You know how to stay alive because you were trained. And so it ends up being people like me who's out there hanging out with the Crips and the Bloods and the gangsters and the drug dealers. And when the guns start, bullets start flying, we tend to get mm. killed first. Mm. Because we, have, we are not prepared yeah. for the drive-by. Because we're not supposed to be out there. Yeah. So we are a, a generation of just innocent people, innocent bystanders at the wrong place at the wrong time, they like to say. So I'm like, you know what? I can't even say that I think I'm going to die because I'm a crip or a blood. I'm just a regular guy. And there's so much death around me. So many funerals, 
even if there's one of one of my homies, if a blood get killed from retaliation from a crip or a blood, I used to live in the neighborhood, one gang, you hit you drive one block and you're literally here's the neighborhood, here's the gang that don't get along with the gang. And so I used to go to a store and be like, hey nigga, where you from? Be like, I don't bang, man, I don't bang. All right, nigga, where you live, nigga? And I'd be like, and then if you tell them where you live, they'll beat you up. Mm. Because you live in the neighborhood right. of a rival gang. Right. Right. There's, a, there's a book called um, The Body Remembers. And it's about the body remembering the trauma. Right? You just listed, I think there's eight, seven or eight like childhood traumas that impact people. You, you listed almost all of them. I, I have seen and experienced and, and was exposed to it all. And I am still a work in progress. Um, I want everybody who has ever known me and followed me in any capacity, even if you're new, yeah. to know that I'm going to let you down. Yeah, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to say something, do something. I'm going to post something. Something is going to happen where you would be like, man, I had better expectations of how you would deal with that and how you would handle that yeah, yeah. or go about that. I'm going to let you down. Yeah. But I just want you all to know, man, that I am a work in progress. Yeah. And I have a fragmented journey into Jesus that may look very different than yours. You know, I, um, my, my, my wife's side of the family grew up very similar in Oceanside, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of gangbanging, uh, institutionalized a whole bit. Yeah. And um, she just got out in December, mm -hmm. loves the Lord, right? On a, on a, on a good, good trajectory, a lot of momentum. And mm -hmm. I sat down, all my nieces and nephews, sat down, my sister-in-law, everybody, I sat down at the beginning of the year and I said, I said, I got this word. And I, I think it's from the Lord. And I said, um, oftentimes, you said the word dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. I said, oftentimes people desire to go from dysfunctional to flourishing. Mm. And when you go from dysfunctional to flourishing, when you go from nothing to having something, it could, it could almost create more issues. Mm. Proverbs says, an inheritance attained too early in life is not a blessing in the end. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. The parable of the prodigal son is a son that gets his father's inheritance before his father died, right? And so access to excess can destroy a lot of people. And so I said, we want to go from dysfunctional to flourishing. We're all dysfunctional in this family, right? It, it, it. But I said, but we got to learn as people to go from being dysfunctional to functional to flourishing. Mm -hmm. Because when you become functional, then you can handle the flourishing. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and just know that as you transition from one to the next to the next, some of the people in your family that grew up in that same dysfunctional situation, they're going to get to dysfunctional, to functioning, to flourishing, and everyone's going to get there at their own time. Everyone's going to get there at their own time. And, you know, and for some um, people, it could take them five years. Yeah. For other people, it could take them a year. Yeah. And people's, people's process is different. Every, um, everybody goes about their fragmented journey very differently. T tell me when... Was there a moment recently where, where you said your, your foundation was, you used the illustration of like twigs, mm -hmm. right? 
But was there a, a, a moment uh, uh, within a within recent within the last couple of years? It seems I'm just you know, seeing a no, shift. You know what I mean? Let me let me just say this. Um, you know, sorry, I'll be rambling, man. I'll, I'll cut you good. And by the way, Tyrese allowed me to cut him off. So if I ever cut him off, he told me ahead of time, it's, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, we good. That's good. <laughs> good. I, I, because what I want is I don't want people's takeaway from this to be grounded in your opinion versus mine, sure. your experience versus mine. Sure. I want I want to specifically. The reason I'm doing this as my last interview of 2023 is because I really want to use in any way I can the stage and the platform to bring more people into the walk um, and give them permission to start from where they are versus feeling like you got to show up shiny, put together, sober, uh, porn free, sex free. You know, don't 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 make a commitment to God if you ain't gonna clean it all the way up. Mm -hmm. I just want people to know, like God, literally, will decide and has decided that He loves you from where you are. Come on, and God's big enough to deal with your mess. All of it, yeah, like all of it, yeah. right? So, um, I don't really know when my convictions for Jesus went into the level that it went into. But I can tell you that I think the control freak in me, which is why I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't use drugs. I may take an Ambien to go to sleep at night when I can't sleep and might drink some caffeine when I don't have enough energy to get through the day. But I And I smoke hookah. Um, I might be addicted to hookah. But that's, <laughs> I, 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 I see a I, lot of hookah paraphernalia around yeah, the house. Uh, but I, I really want people to understand that all of the stuff that I have been through as of 2017, from my crying video to getting up, you know, some psych meds um, that was given to me from a psychiatrist because I woke up to child abuse claims because I spanked my daughter. Mm. Um, and there was a 100-day restraining order put in place and everything and everybody in the whole world watched this all play out for the world to see. The reason I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't get high is because I'm a control freak and I want to be aware of everything that I'm saying and doing and be in as much control of my life as I can be, which is why I don't get high. Because it's one thing to say I don't get high because I'm not into it. It's another thing to understand. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't get high because I don't want to be on the receiving end of what someone wants to do to my life mm. and me feel like I'm not in the right headspace to make any decisions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and by the way, our birthday is one day apart. And, and ev everything you said, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't... Not a glass of wine. Nothing. nothing. I've I can't never do nothing. Had, I've never had a glass yeah. of wine in my I've never had a drink in my life. That's crazy. The only drink or version of a drink I've ever had is if I go to a club and I say, 
while the music is playing loud. He's like, what can you, what do you have? Can I get a cranberry and orange juice? <laughs> They'll look at me and yeah. go, that's Tyrese. <laughs> so he asked for a cranberry and orange juice. I'm sure he wants some Grey Goose in it. Yeah. So they'll just put some alcohol the in my drink. drink. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there chilling. I go to... <laughs> I'm like, yo. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I said cranberry and orange juice. <laughs> Why would you put that in my drink? So they're assuming... Yeah. Celebrity, entertainer. Yeah. There's no way he's asking me for some cranberry right. and orange juice. Right. It's Tyrese. Right, right. And that's the only time I've yeah. ever had alcohol in my system. Yeah. Ever. So anyway, and I'm not condemning anybody that drinks, yeah. you know? Your journey is your journey. But I want to say my own personal reasons for not being involved is because I look at my life and the success that I give all the glory to God, but I'm literally here to tell y'all that if I did not make the decision to not be intoxicated 24 hours, seven days a week, I promise you, we probably wouldn't be sitting there in these king chairs. Mm -hmm. We'd be sitting there in some Walmart chairs doing this interview. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so I look at the fruits of being in control, right? Mm -hmm. So when, when God speaks to giving us free will, that is the control. Free will to do wrong, free will to do right. So I've taken my free will, and I'm like, well, you don't have to ask me what happens when people smoke, drink, heroin, crack cocaine, alcohol, and all of the other stuff. You don't have to ask me what happens when you cripple and you blood. Yeah. You don't have to ask me, hey, man, what do you think happens to people when they're high out of their mind all day, every day? Yeah. I grew up around it 24 hours, seven days yeah. a week. Where do I start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I'm, and I'm sure my, my situation, having an alcoholic mom definitely did me in. And we both. What you said about control, uh, you know, self-control is a fruit of the spirit, according to Galatians. But let me read this passage to you real quick. I think you'll like this. This is Proverbs chapter 31. It said, it is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what, he has, uh, what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Wow. It's crazy, Never right? Never heard that in yeah, my life. Yeah, Proverbs 31. So it's, it's saying that for specifically kings, mm. right? that it, it's, it's not advantageous for people who are going to be in positions of authority, positions of, of influence, to be dabbling with alcohol. Now, we know Jesus turned water into wine, and we know that alcohol in and of itself that's, is not... That's, a, the, that's the alcoholic's right. favorite go-to right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you, well, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I tell you, that great goose is definitely not uh, wine. Uh, that, that, that Ciroc is definitely... Yeah. That, uh, that Patron is definitely not wine. Yeah. So I, we, we need to... Figure out where the gray area yeah, is yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and how you are justifying. Because yep. right, it's, it's, it's drunkenness. It's yeah. soberness versus it's, drunkenness, it's, right? It's the, the extreme levels that things go to. But, but, but check out these yeah, next two verses. Or watch go, this. And then so right, he says this whole thing about like it's not for kings to drink. It's not for kings to be doing this whole stuff. And check out the next two verses. He says, verse 8, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Depend, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Wow. And when I, when I, I say that to say, because when you went on Big Boy and you made the statements about why are they putting all this satanic stuff? Mm -hmm. Why is it set the award shows, mm -hmm. right? Recently. All the music videos. Yeah, recently. They, um, they have been going above and beyond to promote the devil. Yep. And we are 
as Christian, as believers, we are treating Jesus like the little buddy that you talk to at night before you go to bed. Right. And you got rappers out here wearing Jesus pieces, but they will not go and, 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 and indulge anything about their actual belief system. Right. You obviously believe in Jesus. You got you the got, cross on. You got the cross. You got tattoos. You got everything. That Bible verses. It tatted. Praying hands. Can we have a conversation? Yep. About yep. what 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 scripture you yeah. decided to tattoo on yeah. your arm? Yeah, that's good. Right. So and and and, and why are you only professing? Yeah. Any aspect of your love for God when you win awards? Mm. Right. So. When you get on stage and say, I just want to thank my Lord and Savior for this award. And then, okay, it's a right quick mention. And then you go on and spend the rest of your talk time shouting out all the writers, producers, and executives at the label or the movie studio or who directed it. You give them 15 minutes of shout out and you give God a right quick mention. But none of these people right. would have been put in the position or dispositions in your life to push you into that if it wasn't for God. Mm, mm. So I just feel like... So you're seeing, you're seeing the industry and you're seeing the incongruence by the people who are claiming belief in God. Yeah. And then you're also seeing an overt I, I, Satanism. I, I, I honestly, man, I, I, I really have a problem with people talking about what's going on in the industry. Mm, okay. I'm in the industry. Okay. Um... Talking, saying, generalizing and talking about dark and evil things that's going on in the industry. Uh, what's the difference in the industry versus the church? Okay. Unpack that for me. What's the difference in the industry versus corporate America? Mm. What's going on at Pepsi and Coca-Cola and any type of uh, uh, company that is an architectural firm or a law firm? Uh, people that's waking up every day that are lawyers and DAs that are literally putting people in jail who are innocent, who never committed that actual crime, mm -hmm. but they are a much better lawyer who's got a much better relationship with the judge, and they sent these innocent people away. To me, the devil is the devil, mm -hmm. and the devil and his specific orchestration is showing up in all forms. Corrupt in all institutions. That's right. Yeah. You got you got people out here forming cults every day. Mm. You got you got from you know you got so many different things happening in hip hop and R and B in Hollywood in corporate America. I have to tell you guys a little something that nobody wants y'all to know. I got $10 billion in box office receipts on my name. I'm one of the biggest movie stars out there. I've sold millions of records. And the Lord Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. You make your choice. Do you want to get to your $10 billion box office from being involved in the dark side? You got a lot of options of the dark side. But I'm successful too. You love me too. And I'm not involved in these things. I have never been involved in these things, and I'm not involved in none of these things to this day. As a matter of fact, my walk with God is so bold and so specific 
they don't invite me to these things. <laughs> I'm not exposed to these things. They don't pull out the cocaine in front of me. They're like, hey, what up, Reese? Hey, man, hey, you, you, oh, you good? Okay, okay. No. Yeah, that don't even happen. They know who to do this stuff in front of. Mm. I have never in my life, I've been in Hollywood for 20 years. Believe me when I say, I'll look you in your eyes. God, if I'm lying, strike me down right now. I have never been in one Hollywood party in 20 years. And at 1 a.m. in the morning, the face mask come out, Illuminati, <laughs> the devil, sure. people start having sex, and it just becomes a totally different party. I have never seen it in my life. Mm. So I think what happens is when you have a bold and very specific stance mm -hmm. with who and what you represent, the allures somehow, <laughs> hey man, it's like a bartender walking by you with the drinks. Mm. You know? They're not even offering you, you the You're drinks. not even coming to my section. Mm. Are you saying this stuff does happen, though, but it's more like manipulating, manipulating people to get involved I in this? I am saying to you that when people speak about cult and huh. demonic people, yeah. I've been in music and I've been in Hollywood for over 20 years, and I know it's going on. Okay. I'm sure it's going on. But I am not here to confirm it because I've actually been exposed to it myself. Mm. And just maybe they don't invite me to those parties. Mm. What I want people to know is like, man, so many of y'all sing, rap, mm -hmm. want to act, want to mm -hmm. write, want to direct. And I think this devilish dark industry is like this overshadowing thing that's scaring a lot of people hmm. from chasing their dreams. Hmm. Interesting. I want y'all to know I got $10 billion on my name and the Lord Jesus Christ stays on my tongue. Hmm. Me professing my love for the kingdom is everywhere I go. I want y'all to understand that if you zoom in really quick, I don't know if you can, but if you look at, these are transformers. I was in Transformers 1, 2, and 3, directed by Michael Bay, with my co-star Shia LaBeouf, who I love to this day. And the moment that I knew we was doing this interview, I came and I put this cross <laughs> in between both of these robots, and I was able to make a connection that, oh my God, these Transformers has finally met the most powerful transformer ever. Come on. The Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all caught up in the robot. That's good. <laughs> I'm caught up in the ultimate transformer, the man who has literally transformed my life, the man who has literally exposed me to all of these levels of darkness and places that I could have been and could have been sucked into. There were bullets that had my name on it. Hmm. Why did it have my name on it? Because the person that got killed and shot was in too close proximity 
for me to believe that he didn't have enough bullets where one of them could have been attached to me. Mm. But God stepped in to deflect like the Matrix movie. Nope, not him. Nope, don't invite him. Nope, he ain't with that. Yeah. So I, I'm saying this to encourage the young creatives, the young artists. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, they, they, it's a reach. Yeah. It's going on. Yeah. But if we want to talk about the darkness, darkness exists everywhere. E everywhere, yeah. Because darkness is the contrary to the light. Mm -hmm. The question is, do you have enough faith in your walk to where even if you're in environments and rooms and around people where there is darkness, you got so much light on you that they don't want to invite you in. Mm. They don't want to expose you to that. They don't want to even talk to you about that. Yeah. It's the equivalent of, of when I come around, people who cuss try to clean the language there you up. Go. Same thing. I, I, I'll never forget. Which, I by was, the way, th you haven't cussed this whole interview. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm appreciative. You see? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm potty. <laughs> I, I'm potty. I had to give him a forewarning, and you I, keeping I, it clean. You didn't I'm, even uh, tell me, hey, man, if you can't. I didn't tell you. I, just, I said be yourself. It's just like, hey, man, you know. The environment I'm in, yeah, which is you, right? Uh, it's it's helping. It, it's because I can get I can get my point across without reverting to my usual sure. potty mouth. Sure, it sounds like what you're getting at is that God is big enough, and God is good enough, and God is provident enough that ultimately He can move within any industry. And if you have to or feel the need to have your spirituality. I want to just point out two things. If you feel like, man, I'll never be able to get to the level that I want to get to without letting someone or something compromise my spirituality or my sexuality, I'm here to tell you that's not true. Mm. That's good. I'm here to tell you. You're a living, you're a living testament. You've gone places yeah, where. I've yeah. been around the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. And have been a part of the biggest movies and the biggest albums and the biggest songs. And I'm not a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. So be encouraged, dreamers. You have to be firm with your walk. You have to have this emboldened light and energy about you. And you have to take that into whatever business, in whatever room, in whatever industry you go in. And because they are doing it, and because they're involved in it, have some balls about yourself. And just know that you ain't gonna have nobody to drag you. Oh! Like, like, bro, what, what, what is this concept mm -hmm. that people have that once you get into Hollywood, somebody's just gonna drag your leg <laughs> into something? <laughs> oh no, if I wanna be successful, I'm getting dragged! No. <laughs> Do you think it's more challenging to not compromise? Um, I don't know. Hmm. I, I've never been presented with the option. Hmm. <laughs> I've never been presented with the option that, like, look, man, listen, bro, listen, listen. Hey, hey Reese. Uh, uh, they didn't listen, ask you listen, to. Uh, um, how much you making a move? Ten million? Okay, listen. I, 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 I got to break it to you, man. If, if you want to get to the $20 million club, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to be. This is what you got to get involved in. These type of people you got to have around you. 
I've never had that presented to me. Got you. Yeah, man. I just, I, I like, I have this. I seems really like have it this seems like you got overwhelming sense of responsibility. Yeah, I was gonna say like like urgency about yeah, you. Like you man, feel like like you like know, you like even this conversation, you yeah. you you this is flowing yeah. out of you. Like yeah, you, you feel I, like you got something. But to I say. don't feel like there's a sense of urgency because something bad is gonna happen. To yeah, me. I want to make sure I clarify that. Yeah, there's some people that have a sense of urgency. I gotta do all of this and sure. get all this out, man, because I believe I'm gonna die. Yeah. No, I don't think that. Death is connected to me. Yeah. But I do want people to understand that I am concerned about the devil's orchestration in and around the dream kills, mm. the, the dream killers. Mm -hmm. you know, oh man, I'm gonna leave that alone, man. That, that man, that man, that's a, that's a gateway into darkness right there. Mm -hmm. uh, no. If your light is your light, your light is going to shine and influence and redirect in every room you get into. Someone who has an agenda can only take advantage of what you don't know. That's good. Because you can stand firmly on the grounds of the things that you do know and stop someone who has a, oh, man, oh, man, I said, no, 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 bro. No what? Bro, I see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you see what I'm doing? I see what you're doing because I didn't, I was raised by I got a father, I got a mother. I be, I know business. Those terms is not gonna work, bro. Yeah. I'm not signing that. Why are you not signing it? I'm not signing this deal because those terms are not honorable terms. Those are not terms that are offered to anybody that you actually respect. Mm -hmm. So when my lawyer called me. And told me these are the terms of the deal. Because I know my value and I know my self-worth and what I'm bringing to the table, I'm not signing that deal. This is common sense. You want a record deal, so you'll sign any deal. Mm. So people will always take advantage yeah. of what you don't know if you're not in the know. Yeah. If you have a passion for the music business, whether it's through the lens of being an executive or being an artist or being a music video director or whatever it is, I'm in that same industry and I'm not involved in the things that you may have heard about. Yeah. Yeah. But what I love. And if you have a soul, there is no body and no environment that can set you up to have your soul snatched. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you work for Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Corporate America, Amazon, Hulu, whatever. If you stand on the foundation of Jesus, you can take that exact... If you have a father, if you have integrity, if you have a sense of decency and an honor about yourself, you could be in any business you want and nothing and no one is ever going to suck you into something. Like you just get, Whoa! no. <laughs> That's it good. It just won't happen. I just wanted to make sure that I... No, I, I appreciate you that because I think what you're, what you're getting at is you're getting at something deeper, which I think people of faith struggle with and wrestle with. And we, talk, we talked a little bit about this offline, which is, which is a, a godly sense of ambition, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
there's a, there's, there's a story about Jesus and the disciples. You probably have heard it. And it, it happens multiple times. Don't assume. Tell me. Um, the, the, an argument breaks out amongst the disciples. Never heard this story. About who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Never heard this story. So they're, they're assuming Jesus is going to establish a political kingdom, right? Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not of this world. They're thinking it's going to be a worldly kingdom. And so they're arguing, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the greatest? So this happens at least twice. The same argument happens twice. One of the times that happens as he's telling them that he's going to go to the cross. Mm. The son of man is going to be betrayed. He's going to suffer. And then the argument breaks out. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? Mm. At one point, one of the mothers comes up and asks Jesus, make my son sit at your right hand and at your left hand, right? So there's this desire in these disciples to be great, mm. right? And the interesting part is, unlike when Peter tells him, no, Lord, don't go to the cross, be it not so. And, and, and Jesus tells him, get behind thee, Satan. He rebukes Peter, right? And there's other times where he's rebuking this. When they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, totally missing the moment, he doesn't rebuke them. He redirects their desire for greatness. Wow. He tells them, the Gentiles lord over each other. They use leverage. They abuse each other. They, they, they abuse power. Mm -hmm. He says, it should not be like this with you guys. Instead, the least of you should be the, will be the greatest. Mm -hmm. Whoever's last shall be first. Whoever's the servant of all should be the, is, will be the greatest, right? I came amongst you to serve. Mm -hmm. And you got to have this childlike faith. When you talk about childlike faith, this in this story, right? Got to be like one of these little children. Pure and innocent. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Hammered with what's possible. And so what's cool about that is that he doesn't rebuke people's desire to do something great with their life. Mm. He redirects it to wow. go and serve people. Wow. Go and use your time, talent, and treasure to bless as many people as you can with the things I've deposited in you. That some, some things you got to work on and refine. I'm sure you didn't start out as an incredible actor initially. Probably took a little bit, right? No, I'm still not incredible. Yeah, it, 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 it builds, right? And so, I'm nice, but I ain't, I'm not, I won't. Well, I think I, I, I won't say I said you're incredible. It, it, I appreciate it. Uh, I may be, I may be by definition incredible compared to the average man, but after being around the level of actors I've been around, man, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm looking at them like, man, I definitely got a few, right, a lot more levels that that I need to. Yeah, get and to, and I say that uh, to say that in the same way you've developed that and you're continuing to develop yeah. that, we have that deposited in us, yes. right, and we are to develop it, and ultimately to to everything you've just said. Mm -hmm. Use it to the glory of God. Yes. Use it to the glory of God. Use it to the service of people, mm -hmm. whether that's practically meeting needs mm -hmm. or whether that's entertaining people, making you, people you, laugh. You know, I'm, I'm going to say something, um, and I hope that what I'm about to say is not an ADD. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is the end of part one of my conversation with Tyrese. I would love to hear from you in the comments section. Now, here's a little sneak peek of part two. I'm going to make y'all get it. Maybe these gigantic breakthroughs haven't happened yet because all that I'm supposed to learn while I'm waiting. Mm. And that's the only thing. This is my last interview of 2023. Mm. God doesn't welcome the cut and paste job. Mm. Do you believe it or not? Do you feel like you're slowly coming out of that dark season? Um, like I'm frustrated with God. I am frustrated with God because and I'm asking everybody out there to pray for me. That was actually going to be my question. What could we oh, pray for? I want, I want you guys to pray for me. Listen.
So set your reminders to join us for the premiere of part two. Hang out in the chat, do all that fun stuff. But if you don't want to wait for part two, did you know you can go to our Patreon community right now, right now, and see the full extended version of this conversation, part one and two, and some things that we are putting on YouTube. You can watch the full extended version right now on Patreon. The link is in the description of this video and in the pinned comment below. It's a great way to partner with what we're doing here to encourage, empower, and inspire people to live a life that blesses God. All right? I'll see you guys on Patreon. Peace.